0: All right, church, um, it's time to dig a little bit into the word. It is nice to be able to kind of look at you and enjoy the comforts of our people right here. So a few weeks ago, we um, looked at uh, a passage in the scripture and we were talking about what we are called to do, to love God and to love people and not to lose focus of that. And I was pretty excited because as we use that and as we look back upon it, it's going to help us catapult or spring into uh, the series that we're going to do next. So in the middle of all that, I also uh, was listening to a, another pastor and teacher and uh, just got real excited about some of the things he was saying about the Old Testament and the Steve Celine rose up inside me and uh, the glory shone around me and um, I was pretty excited. So I want to go back into Deuteronomy, want to read a passage to you. We're going to do some word study. We're going to pull some facts out of the scriptures. And uh, I hope that we all kind of enjoy this little uh, stroll through history, through Hebrew, through Greek. And uh, maybe at the end we'll come out going, ah, we're excited about what is to come. So here we go. This is out of Deuteronomy and uh, chapter 6. And we're going to look at verses 4 through 9 as we start off. Hear, O Israel... The Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind and all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and your gates. When God begins to speak, all right, and and Moses begins to to write, all right, and all of this comes out as, as the teachers teach and the prophets speak, God says, when I say love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, these are the things that I want impressed upon you, that I want, pardon the word, tattooed into your spirit, into your mind for you to remember them morning and noon and night. Discuss them with your kids. Well, what do we discuss after we discuss them? Discuss them again so that we don't lose the fact that that loving God and loving people is where it's at. Now we get we get caught up. I get caught up. You get caught up. We know that we love each other, but we get frustrated at each other. We get angry at each other. We get tired of this particular pet peeve or that particular annoying thing that this person that we love does, or this day we're just not feeling as well, or everybody else is impressed upon us the wrong way, and we snap at absolutely the wrong people. It happens, but in our lives, in everything that we do, we should love the Lord and love people. Now, what God does is he lines that out in four areas of ourself. At least that's the way we've always learned it, all right? Our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And when I broke that down last time, I kind of told you about each one and how looking at them in reverse order helps us understand the logical motion of them. But as I was listening to a pastor preach on them recently, all right? here's what he said. He started talking about heart, soul, mind, and strength. And as he described them, he said, I like to think of them this way. The heart is is the desires, what, what you want, what you desire. All right. And we want that to eventually begin to line up with God all the time. So our desires are God's desires, if that makes sense. So the heart is what you want, all right? Your, your soul is, is who you are and how you feel about things, how, how, what it brings out of you, all right? The emotions involved in, in the life that you live. Your mind is obviously what you think and how you process, and your strength is then how you carry that out. And then he said, kind of think about it like this. It's your wanter, your feeler, your thinker, and your doer. We are called to love the Lord our God, all right, with all of our desires, all of our emotions, all of our thoughts, and all of our actions. Our wanter, our feeler, our thinker, and our doer. And that is a really great way for us to pass that along, all right? Here's the thing, though. When Jesus taught this, all right, when, when, when he was asked, when I preached the sermon, I preached on the New Testament, all right, and Jesus was asked by a guy how to sum up the commandments, and Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, love your neighbor as yourself. Now hear me, that's hundreds upon hundreds of years past this time, all right? Jesus is recalling what he and all of the Jewish people would have known about something they would have recited over and over and over again. But it was Greek, Aramaic, and then Greek that this was all translated into, which made it four words. In Deuteronomy, when it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, there's only three words. In Deuteronomy, there's actually only three words heart, soul, and then mind and strength are combined into one word, all right? And that word in Hebrew is mayod. Mayod. Now, this is where this gets really weird, all right? So, God uses this word heart and soul and mayod, and He says that's what we're supposed to love God with. So, you have to ask yourself, well, what, what, what is mayod? In this phrase, it's the only time meod and it's mayodeca, all right? It's the only time that it's used where it's not an adverb, which is totally weird, all right? Every other time it's an adverb, which is a word that describes an adjective, all right? So it's a word that describes another word. But here, in this case, it's it's a noun. It's something. So what is that something? Well, the first time that it's used is in chapter one of Genesis, all right? Jesus goes through and he makes all of creation and he says, I'm going to make this and it's good. 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 And then he gets to people and he says, after people are made, he says, it is very good. In Hebrew, it is mayod, good. So the root of this word, "maod" is very. Now, if you look at it, it's, there's 291 times that it's used in the Old Testament. And almost every time, it's one of these six things I'm going to tell you. Mayod either means very, or greatly, or much, uh, the muchness of. I like this one, the exceedingly okay? When it describes Solomon, it actually didn't use any of this. It didn't say he was very rich or much rich. It said he was mayode mayode rich. He was very, very rich. He was in excess of exceedingly rich, all right? Strongly, all right? Richly. So if we're trying to make these adverbs things though, that's where this process gets interesting. If you're making the adverbs a thing, all right? God is saying i want to I want you to love me with your muchly well that doesn't work. I want you to love me with your veryness and that doesn't translate either. I want you to love me with your exceedingly all right or with your strongness or with your richlyness so so here's what happened. it started to become uh love the Lord your God with all your heart soul and with all your fullness with all your The much that you are with all your abundance, all right? And so the Jewish people began to understand the calling on their life to love God with the abundance that they are. And that was the intent. But as you begin to speak, you know, things change. So they would think we're supposed to love God with our abundance. We're supposed to love God with with the richness of ourself. We're supposed to love God with our richness. And by the time this gets through the Old Testament into the New Testament, all right, it is translated mind and strength, all right? But the word for maod and how the talk became abundance or treasure, okay? It became abundance or treasure, all right? Now, here's the thing. When I began to look for the Greek word to match the Hebrew word, and I found the word treasure, I could go down through it, and it would say vastness, all right? So I would look at other words in the New Testament, where it was used and what it was translated. So here it's translated treasure. Other places, it's translated richness. Other places it's translated fullness or abundance. So God wants to love, wants us to love Him with our fullness or abundance or our treasure. However, and we need to know this because this is going to play into where we're going. This same word for treasure, all right, is also, and I can't even explain this, but where we get the word thesaurus but I'm assuming it is an abundance of words or the muchness of language, so you can move it apart, all right? But in a couple of places, some of the words for much or abundance or fullness, that same word in Greek also translated, Steve, you ready for this? It also translated beast, entrapment, or slave. the the slaved one, the trapped one, the beast, okay? So this abundance that we are could also be something that enslaves us, something that entraps us, something that ensnares us. And this brings us to discussions that Preston and Cy and I have had in our office and then that Spencer and Steve and I have had where I was taking a side of I've got to move away from this. And they were taking the side, we need to push you towards this. And that is, as the coronavirus has come upon us, and as we have seen COVID-19 come upon us, our lives have all changed, all right? Our lives have all been affected. Our lives have all been in And you can say, well, wait, not all of us were infected. No, less than a half a percent of us, less than a half of a half of a percent of us were infected by the virus. But listen, we were all infected by the emotional trauma that it has brought about in our homes, in our marriages, with our children, in our schools, with our teachers, in our jobs. We have all been affected by the um, inability to do the things that we are called and some of us created to do. I mean, I'm thankful that I get to do this teaching on a video, but it is not the same. Preston will tell you it's not the same. Sai will tell you that driving down the street and waving at you from her car and throwing candy at you is not the same as the snuggles and the hugs. It's not the same. And we've all been affected in another way, in a way we knew was coming. But you can watch it, and and it goes from individuals to families to churches to cities, and, and that is financially. Our abundance, our riches, our fullness has been affected. And some of us are trying to fill those holes. States are trying to fill those holes. Governments are trying to fill those holes. But the bottom line is there are holes, and we're going to continue to have holes. And so for the next several weeks, I had to decide how it was that I was going to be as excited as you've watched me for the last 10 minutes, talk about Mayode, how I was going to talk about money in a time where nobody wants to hear about it. And it was Mayode that got me there. I have zero trouble talking to people that I love in my church family about loving God with their fullness, loving God with their abundance, and obeying God with the riches that he honored them with and protecting themselves from the entrapment, protecting themselves from the belly of the beast, Protecting themselves from being in a place that COVID has put us in. When the devil's snares come out and we're not prepared for it, when we think that it's all just going to be there for us, we all end up falling. But if we learn how to handle the abundance, when we offer God his abundance, we find ourselves without anxiety and without worry. And that is what I'm willing to talk about. I had to ask myself, why Jesus? talked about money and possessions. The Bible speaks of money and possessions over 800 times. Money and possessions were the second most talked about thing in Jesus's ministry. If you look at all of Jesus's writing, he talked about money second most. First was the kingdom, kingdom of God or God's work in the kingdom. And second is money. And I had to ask myself why. And as the men's ministry was going through, a video series by Andy Stanley, which we'll reference a lot over the next few weeks. Andy just reached in and grabbed my heart, pulled it out, showed it to me, and he says, this is why. He said, why do you think God spoke so much about money? And this is where people have it wrong. When preachers talk about money, now I'm not saying there aren't preachers out there who talk about money because they want money. I I don't. I don't care. I care about you. I care about the church. I care about God, not about the cash flow. But here's the thing. In Matthew and in Luke, Jesus spoke these words. Matthew 6.21 and Luke 12.34. Two different people recorded Jesus saying this. And here's the reason. Where your treasure is, where your abundance is, where your richness and fullness is, there will your heart be also. And then Andy said these words and Jesus has always been chasing your heart. And I've got zero issue teaching something from the scriptures that Jesus called out over and over again that will make your heart more full, that will make your heart more protected, that will make your heart more overwhelmed, that will make your heart and your soul full of your owed your abundance. I think that's what God called us to, and I am unafraid and unashamed to preach about it. Do I have anxiety? You bet I do. I'm human and I love you and I don't want you thinking that I'm preaching something different at the same time because I love you and because my pastorship has to surpass my humanity ship sometimes and because I have people like Steve who know and who are leading our men in that way and I have people like Cy and Preston who know and they're with you and we're with each other and we see the traps And the ensnarement and the devil pulling at families because of debt, pulling at families because of finances, pulling at families because of bad decisions, pulling at families because our allegiance is not necessarily to God. And you can say to me, Craig, how can you say that? And I can say to you, look at your checkbook. And I'm not being mean, I'm trying to turn the corner, I'm trying to bring you. The me'od of God, the abundance of God, the fullness of God, because that's why he came. When he was chasing your heart, here's what he said. I have come that you might have life and have it, what? To the full, the abundant, to the all of it in your muchness. And that's what we're chasing. We're going to look at our muchness. We're going to look at our abundance. We're going to look at our mayod, and we're going to learn to love God with it. And in doing so, this is not prosperity gospel. This is reality. We will find the fullness of God in the obedience as his children. I believe it. I'm excited about it. Let's chase the ma'od together. Let's pray. the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases us down. It chases us down. And sometimes that means, listen, 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 that we're running and that perhaps God needs to do a dive and tackle us. And when we're tackled, sometimes it means we scrape our knees, we scrape our elbows, we might even bust a lip. God's there. And God's saying, I didn't chase you down because I wanted to tackle you. I chased you down because you were running the wrong way. I chased you down because I want to stick my finger out and I want to say, come here. I want to do what I've always done because none of this has ever changed. Um, Children, you just realize it at different times. All I've ever asked for was for you to follow me. God, thank you for chasing us down, finding us where we are, Helping us to pick up the pieces, putting us back together, and restoring us to that which you made us to be. God, we chase Moed for the next few weeks. We seek out the abundance. We take a look at our riches. We take a look at our possessions, recognizing that we ca- cannot serve God and money. And we make the decision now to chase you and the rest will be the learning how. God, I thank you for NBC. I thank you for our church family. I thank you for the Salines, the Clays, the Tackett's. I thank you for the help that that watched the baby and, and watched the kids so we were able to do this. I pray blessings upon their home. All these things we pray in Jesus' name, and amen. See you soon, church, next week.